Now transmitting the Mint Condition Podcast. Everybody and welcome to a very excellent episode of the Men Condish Podcast right here on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcast, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I am Scott the Bot Savage, along with Suede Wade Esquire and Joe Theodore Logan, <laughs> and we are Men Condish Stallions. Yeah. But uh, yes, so today we're going to do something that's going to be very special to me. I know special to the guys and something that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So Wade and I uh, saw uh, Bill and Ted face the music over the weekend. Uh, I think you watched it on demand. Yes. I got to watch it at the drive-in. Yes. Because local, well, not local, local, but the local drive-in was doing a special, was doing a screening. Uh, this weekend. So I caught that. And um, so we're going to, not only are we going to give you our thoughts on Bill and Ted face the music, but we're also going to discuss how we feel about the, the first two movies, yeah. uh, the cartoon show and the shady live action show are not a factor in this or the comic or, or the comics. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to include them. I forgot they existed. And before we get into the Bill and Ted stuff, because I don't want to end the show on a down note, yes. I'd rather just I'd rather start with this news and then we could go smooth sailing and be excellent. Uh, sadly, we lost someone. Well, actually, we lost three people this week. Yeah, that's true. But we there lost, was one. Uh, I was, like, was going to say, so in the wrestling world, we lost uh, the legendary Bullet Bob Armstrong. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in the music world, we lost lead power trip lead singer Riley uh, Gale. Yeah, yes, right? Riley Gale. Yeah, yeah, we lost Riley Gale. I always, I, I, I can never remember if it's Gale or Gall. It's uh, we lost Gale. Riley Gale, and then um, over the weekend we lost uh, Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman. So That's the one. That communities like... are reeling right now. Who knew that this dude was not not only in, currently in stage four cancer, colon cancer, but who knew that filming Black Panther, he was in stage three? Yeah. I didn't know. It makes I don't think, think anybody knew, except uh, maybe people he worked with. I'm sure people in Marvel like Marvel knew. I feel like they were like... Oh, yeah. I feel like they knew, but I don't think like the cast knew. I think it was very... You know, you know I feel like it's very tight-knit that no... See, it would be a tell, kind of thing, I think. Yeah, you can't really tell, like... If you like the Avenger, like let's say Endgame, there's like a thousand people in that movie. I don't think he told everyone, and it didn't leak anywhere. Well, I, you know mean, what I, mean? I even like looked at like stills from Black Panther. You could not tell that that dude was battling colon cancer. You could not tell that he was battling anything other yeah. than fucking uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, 
And the fact that he did all this, he also trained yeah. for Black Panther. And he did and other movies and stuff, too. It wasn't just Black Panther. Yeah, he did. Uh, the most like the last one he did was the Five Bloods, which I've not watched, but I've seen stills of him. He does look thin in there, but it's like one of those things like he could just lost weight for the role. You know? Yeah, I, mean? you could, I was gonna say you could easily attribute that to the role, and that's the other thing too. Think about this. Think about this. That I just it just dawned on me. Okay, we just found out he had stage four. He was stage three in Black Panther. When the hell was he stage one and two? You know what I mean? Like. What was he working on at those stages in the game? And probably get on up or forty two or something like that. Well, I don't know about been before that. But like, yeah. it, it's just crazy to think that, like, you know, because again, he seemed so healthy. He seemed, you just, I think the, and it sounds like a cliche, but. You just never know. And I did know. I mean, I, did, I mean, you see pictures of him. Like, he's always going to, like, children's hospitals and stuff like that. And just one of those things, like, he's telling, like, these children who have, like, cancer and stuff, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Not knowing that, you know, the children and people around don't know that Chadwick had it, had cancer. So it was, well, like, that, well, now very, like. That up, maybe the kids knew. Maybe he told the kids. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. They're like, I, you know, I, I know that it's going to be okay because, I, you know, I have it. I, you're not, you know, you're not the only one with it. You know, I have it too. And I'm getting to do the – and I'm, I'm able to do these things and you'll be able to do these things. And, you know, giving the kids hope and, and, you know, and oh my god, all the kids' tributes to him with like – with like a lot of kids like were doing like they had like the the toys where like Black Panther was in the middle and they were all like, oh my god, it's just so. It's there was sad, one, but at the same time it warms the heart. There a was bit. one where they had all their Avenger toys, and then there was, the, the Avenger toys were having a funeral for the uh, the Black Panther toy, and I was losing it. And then, of course, it's on Twitter, so you should not read the comments. Like, you understood that Black Panther was important to people. But when Chadwick Boseman died, it's like you realize how truly influential and important it was. Yeah. Like, like someone's like, if you think about it, like some kids, some African-American kids are looking at this and like, this is the first black superhero. And if you think I'm the thinking of like, black superheroes. Yeah. Because technically, Steel came first and that movie yeah. sucked. Uh, but like, it's the first, it's the first for them. Black superhero, and they, how do you, like, how do you, like, how does a child deal with that? You know what I mean? Like, because when I was a kid, superheroes, there's a lot of them. You never really dealt with the death of a superhero. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because, I mean, think about this way. Like, until we became adults, the only superhero person who played a superhero was Chris, Chris, that died was Christopher Reeve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, he died, but again, we were closer to adulthood when he passed away. Yeah, but I think it's also like we – like here's like for kids, Black Panther is recent. Like, for instance, when Adam West died, that really wasn't my childhood. Like, I, I mean, watched Batman 66, but I wasn't – I was more connected to, strangely enough, Val Kilmer Batman. So – and also with Sam Raimi with uh, Tobey Maguire. That's like saying when you're a kid, you like Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire dies. You know, it's sad. And it's also one of those things that you realize that that man was the strongest man in the world. He was a superhero. Yeah. Like, if, if I 
was in his situation, I would have not done the stuff he did. You know, he, that's that. like, right. you, take away, you take away Black Panther, just, you know, good actor, could play just about anything you wanted from him. Like, he, he had one of those, like, universal looks where, like, he could play just about anything and you believe it. And it's like, th- think of all the movies we could have, we could be getting had he's if he didn't have cancer you know what i mean like that's another thing like think about all the good stuff we could have gotten yeah i mean had he, he had he been able to stick around i mean he played james brown jackie robinson and fucking black panther like that's a legacy right there uh also like internet chill with the black panther 2 talk just chill with it like i see a lot of people like just talking about like Either already talking about like what's going to happen to Black Panther two. Who gives a shit right now? A lot of people do because they're talking about it. I know. I'm just saying, like, the guy is not even in the ground or cremated. If he well, yeah, but remember but... people. But the thing is, people are really interested in this, and people really want it. And I don't think it's more just like, okay, well, he's dead. So what do we do now? I think it's more like, oh fuck, this thing was planned. This thing was prepped. You know, are we going to get another one? Like. Is it, you know, what are they going to do? How are they going to, you know, because because you, you know they've got to honor him in the next one. Like, I mean, what the next Marvel releases? They've like, got to do something for him. I mean, and, probably Sherry becomes Black Panther. That's or, what I'm thinking. Or M'Baku. M'Baku being, you know, Black Panther would be a, a right turn. Like a, a weird left turn. But, you know, it could be cool. Because he uh, did challenge T'Challa at, uh, in Black Panther. I think it should be um, – oh, God, I can't remember her name, but uh, the bald woman. Oh, oh, God. Can't think of her name, but I think I think she would be a good fit because sure, Sherry, she's not much of a fighter. Yeah. Whereas the other is. Yeah. Like I could, I could definitely – I could definitely see that and would like to see it. But I'd rather have – There's anything – I don't think there's anything wrong with – being curious about where this goes. I mean, especially considering how important the first movie was to people. It's more, I mean, it's more of I think it's logical. It's more of the idea. Like it's more of the idea of the idea. Like don't recast them. I'm like, I don't think they're going to recast him. No, no. Yeah, I don't that's think what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they will. Yeah. Although not in this current series. Although, I mean, they did recast uh, Hulk they did recast uh what's his Rudy. name Rhodey. so i mean it wouldn't be the worst thing it's just you've got to find the right person if if they so choose to do that i don't think they will yeah and if they do i don't think we're going to get black panther 2 for a long time yeah. i don't i think it's going to be a couple years before we I, get I, I mean it would work if it was dc because dc you know they decide we're going to do a multiverse there's tons of batmans tons of supermans blah blah you could do that but marvel's really into like this whole like it's the same universe which which i mean i i, I prefer like i don't think we need like multiple versions of the same people just you know give us one good one and then, you know, here's the idea. Just have different characters. Like, that's <laughs> why I think the MCU works so well. But um, I think we'll we'll save the MCU discussion for another time because we got We're something next one to talk about. We're here to talk about a different universe, a most excellent, excellent, bodacious 
universe. The most non 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 heinous. Yeah. Which I, I believe makes it even more so the opposite of heinous. Can I come off Bill and Ted universe? San Dimas high school football rules. Yes. Woo! Oh <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. yeah so with Bill and Ted Face the Music coming out uh, this past weekend, uh, we thought it would be fun to kind of talk about the movies, you know, kind of give our thoughts about uh, Bogus Journey and Excellent Adventure, respectively. Not necessarily in that order, because that was the second one. But um, I, I, I mean, what can I? What can I say? I mean, I kind of base part of you know a lot of myself in those movies, like. A lot of their, a lot. I like to feel. I choose to feel like a lot of their optimism rubbed off on me, and a lot of their um, positive mentalities rubbed off on me and made an impression on me. Um, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. It's just like I always looked. I always like not necessarily looked up to characters, but I always related to characters like them, who you know. Try, you know, always, you know, always tried to do the right thing, even if they didn't. You know, they wanted to, like, really bad. And you know, I, I guess I also kind of related to them in the sense of like, school wasn't always my strong suit. Yeah, you know, because if you remember in the first, because the first movie is all about, uh, they have to, they have to pass their history report because if they don't, they're going to flunk out of school. And if they flunk out of school, then that means Bill or Ted, excuse me, has to go to military school, which means wild stallions can never happen, which, you know, to you and I, it's like, okay, so they don't form a band, but it turns out that if wild stallions doesn't happen, the world will enter in into chaos as we know it. Yeah. They don't get together. So through the power of future George Carlin and his fucking time machine uh, telephone booth, he has to find Bill and Ted and take them through an excellent adventure through space and time to try and make sure that they pass their history report. So you know what I noticed? A fixed point in time. <clears throat> you know what I noticed about it that my most recent watch I never really noticed until like, <clears throat> like the end. When they're doing the history report... You notice that Bill and Ted count as one person? Yeah. I think that's hysterical. You see these like, the different presenters, the one with San Dimas High School Football Rules? It's all one person. But Bill and Ted, their grade is on based on them together and not separately. Because they never established you can have partners. Well, they never established that you couldn't. But no one else has partners but them. Well, yeah, because they're two halves <laughs> of the same brain. Uh, I'm just like, I thought that was pretty funny that they're like, but it all, it's also ties in to face the music with the whole we, we, uh, yeah, the Ted and I, Bill and I. With uh, with them and their wives. Yeah, the princesses, please. Well, I mean, can you really call them princesses if they haven't uh, <clears throat> been exactly ruling in the last uh Last couple centuries. What's that supposed to mean? You're, you're saying they don't rule right oh, now? Oh, oh, they most to- totally rule. They but totally- uh, well, yeah, they're not. They're not. The, they're not the princesses because they recasted them like three times. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, that's a that's a little spoiler for because this show has not seen Face the Music. They did recast the princesses again, and they recasted Deacon. 
Oh yes, Deacon. Oh, oh no, 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 no. We're going we too far. We're going we too can't far. Talk, we can't talk about We're going too far right now. Bill and, let's start with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. So one of the things about the movie that I always liked, and in a way I questioned it even back in the day, but one of the things that like I noticed was like, did you ever notice you ever notice how like in most time travel movies, right? When someone alters the past or something like that, they usually end up changing the future in some way. Butterfly effect, yeah. But like, and I understand they're trying to change their own future, but like the fact that they're bringing in like Beethoven and Sigmund Freud and everything, and like Socrates, Socrates, well, and yeah. and and also giving cavemen bubble gum. Yeah, a lot of people forget about the cavemen with the bubble gum. But Scott, you you're thinking about this as if this didn't happen in this timeline already. Yeah, Caveman had bubble gum because Bill and Ted <clears throat> went back in time and gave him bubble gum. But that's always been the case that Caveman had bubble gum. Yeah. No, no, no. I know, but it's just like usually when this stuff happens in movies, like you see the change. Like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in this one, you don't really see it, you know? Like, you, you see it happening, but you don't see it, like, historically happening, if that makes sense. Like, you. like you don't see it as an establishment. You just see it. It's playing out. You see the physical moment. You don't see its impact on history. It's more of, uh, I will say, <clears throat> like, I feel like if you go into these movies, if you've never seen these movies, what the fuck are you listening to this thing for? Go see the movies. Uh, but you should never like the and laws of time travel. The law, the laws of time travel are very loose. Uh, it's not like going to be like looper or, you know, like a serious time travel movie. It's gonna, it's, it's got rules, but it's like, if it breaks some of them, like, like the idea of like skipping a little bit with bogus journey, like, you know, the whole San Dimas time, that's the time right now. Yeah, but, but Bill and Ted and Bogus Journey could leave and learn to play guitar for like six years and come back and be fine on San Dimas time. It's like things like that that just like you just just let it go. Just it's a movie. Just let it go. Yeah, no, right. I, I just always I just always thought it was funny that just like all this stuff would happen and everyone's just like cool with it. Like yeah. no, like for like for example, it, it, towards the end when they're when all the historical figures are running or going crazy in the mall. Like nobody's like freaking out because holy shit, there's a fucking Mongolian warrior in our, in the sporting goods store. Joan of Arc is running an exercise studio. It's just like, yeah, just a bunch of, <clears throat> just a bunch of people. Like Sigmund Freud is eating a corn dog. Okay. Can we just agree? The idea of uh, Socrates and uh, Billy, the kid going to the mall, trying to pick up chicks. Yeah. One of the best ideas <laughs> ever put in. Also, 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 Socrates uh, calling uh, Sigmund Freud geek. Geek. <laughs> um, but I'll tell. I'll, I will tell you the one thing about this movie. The one thing that made me say, "Okay, I want to watch this movie." Um, so my cousin, he was. It was going on TV, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to watch Bill and Ted?" I was like, "What's well? What's that?" He's like, "It's a movie. You'll like it." Uh, Napoleon eats a giant Sunday. What's <laughs> up? So, when when I was told that Napoleon was going to eat a giant ice cream Sunday in a movie, I'm like, I want to watch that movie. Yeah, 
Like, and, the, and, the, and like, Napoleon is, like, low-key one of the best parts of that whole movie. Like, you go into it and you don't think he's going to be. But, like, watching Napoleon try to adjust to modern time, well, 1988, um, watching him try to adjust to 1988 life is great. Like, him trying to go to the bowling alley, and when he doesn't have the money to pay, he, act, he acts like he has, like, every right to, like, free bowling. Uh, the water slides is great when he's just like having a blast and he's like, he's like cutting in front of line. So he can oh, I mean, are, 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 are you mean, oh, you mean the greatest, not like, I'd love how it's called water loop. Water. Yeah. Loop. yeah but it's spelled with a P at the end. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I never noticed that. I thought but it it's referencing water loop. It's yes, referencing it's water loop. The water yeah. park. Yeah. It's like, Napoleon's greatest about it, and then once you find out about like, this Napoleon and everything, it's like, that's pretty fucking funny. I love, like, they have all these characters, and they're, like, some of them are, like, obvious ones. Like, of course you get Beethoven, Beethoven, sorry. But, like, they throw, like, Billy the Kid, which is, like, very, like, kind of, like, a smaller reference, like, and Joan of Arc, which is a very smaller character compared to, like, Genghis Khan and Napoleon yeah. and stuff. I love how they, they, they sprinkle in these little other characters, because I didn't know who Joan of Arc was. Until this movie. I didn't know who Socrates was until this movie. Uh and, the, and can we talk about can we talk about the Billy the Kids scene where they go into the Okay, so they go into the bar. I love when they go into the bar and they want like two beers and they're like all like freaked out. It's like, oh man, he didn't card us. I love how just excited they are about everything. They're excited about being in the past. They're being ex- they're excited about the beer, uh, meeting Billy the Kid, getting into the fight, and helping him cheat at uh, at poker. Um, the fact that they call this movies that like I love is like their undying optimism. It's like even in at their worst moments, they're still so unapologetically upbeat. It makes them very likable. It does. And like, and I think it also plays to the fact that at the time with the, cause, cause I, if I remember correctly at the time, Alex Winter was actually the bigger star between the two of them. He was and in the eventually like eclipsed him because. and that became the bigger star. Cause yeah. Alex, cause if I remember correctly, Alex Winter was coming off lost boys. Yeah. And Keanu was coming off of, there was River's Edge and, and things like that, but it was kind of more of indie stuff. Like My Private Idaho and stuff. My Private Idaho. It's like that era of Keanu. Yeah, that's it's funny because it, It's funny because they switched because now Alex is more of the indie guy and Keanu is more of the big the star. Oh, yeah, and I, and I honestly believe I, – I legit believe that this movie had something to do with that. And on my recent rewatches of both movies, I realized how iconic Rufus is because he's not really in the movies much. Mm-hmm. No, that's the best part. He's yeah. literally just there. He's literally just there to give to for the intro, to give them the booth, tell them how to use it, and make a joke at the end. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, congratulate and say I'll join Wild Stallions and realize. Oh, they still suck. I mean, let me leave. Uh, but like, they do get you, better. But when you when you when you haven't watched it in a while, you think, oh, Rufus is a big character. He's in it a lot. He's barely in any of them. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh wow. It's like that, that's how 
strong the character is that he's barely in the movie, but you think he's in the movie a lot. Well, and that also goes to knowing how much to use a character to keep them interesting and keep them fresh. Like, for example, Bill and Ted, you've got to follow them more than anybody. They're in the title. But like, you know, when you have but like all the side characters are kind of like, you know, they have their their spot. They have their moment. And then, you know, here and there. And like nobody overstays their welcome in in those two movies. Um, also one overlapping joke for all three movies, because there's one that's only overlapping to the first two, but the one that's overlapping to all three is Missy, which I appreciate the fact that they got the same actress in all three movies to play her. Uh, Missy is, uh, I think he's married, actually is married to, to Bill's dad. Yes. And then in the second movie... She's married to Ted's dad. Yeah. And I like I like the difference between Bill and Ted about the situation. Because in the first movie, Bill's kind of like conflicted. He's like – he doesn't really – he likes the idea of her being around, but he doesn't like the idea really of her being his mom. Yeah. Like anytime Ted mentions it or anything like that, he gets all like, shut up, Ted. And then, they, and, and then Ted smiles, and that's the that's the biggest argument between the two in the whole movie is, shut up, Ted. Yeah. Whereas in Bogus Journey, Ted's kind of like pretty much okay with it. Like I don't remember him having a problem with with her being married to his dad. Like so that's so, so like that's an interesting thing. It's clearly obvious that Ted is more accepting and forgiving than Bill. Yeah. But that's not something you learn in the first movie. That's something you learn in the second movie. But also, they're still the same character. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> they're still the same character. And then the other joke that's only appear, uh, that only appears in the two, and I was really disappointed it wasn't in the third movie. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just I love the joke, and I wish they would have kept it going. Was the whole like when they have to do something, and they're like. Oh man, they're gonna get us. Well, that's okay. We just gotta go back in time to this moment and we gotta set something up so that it won't happen. So then it just happens. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like when they had to break into the prison, they're like, what? Well, we're gonna need something to distract them. All right, we're gonna have to go back in time and remember to put a distraction there. And then it's like the radio of like Ted talking to his dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, I forgot the keys. Okay, we just gotta go back in time to when you had the keys and put them there so we remember. And then the keys are just there. Like, I love that joke. And uh, it's just that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that, like, makes a movie unique when you time travel tricks. when you because the thing is, like, they could have easily done like, you know, they could have easily clipped it to where you actually saw them go back in time. They do the thing they set it up. But I like the fact that they didn't bother to do that. They what they did was they just made it all part of the passage, this current passage of time. So like you never you never broke away. And I thought that was a very interesting take. Like I never seen I've never seen that done before or since. And I think and I don't think I will see, we will see it since because I think people I think anybody who tried it, everyone would be like, Oh, you're ripping off Bill and Ted. Uh like they also do it in Bogus Journey again, another joke with uh Denomalous. Yes. Where he has the key and an extra gun that turned like just like appears in his hand, but yeah, I like Excellent Adventure, but I like Bogus Journey more. 
that's I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys had anything else to say about Excellent Adventure. Um, I would say if you – this is one of those movies that I think – I think is very universal without like, I think it appeals to a lot more people than the other two without trying to appeal to the other two or to, to everybody. Like, I think this is a more universally accepted and a more universally inviting movie than the other two. Um, I think based on the, the, the tone, the, the subject matter, the nature of what, like what you're seeing, like how, like, Bogus Journey can be very, can be, you know, to a certain audience, it could be very heavy. Whereas I feel like Excellent Adventure is a more leisurely paced, a little more, a little more lighthearted affair, which I think more people will be into. The only thing I can really critique about the movies, because a lot of people say like, oh, well, they're dumbed down characters, but it's like, that's the point. That's what they're supposed to be. Uh, the one thing I would say, and both both movies have it, is there's just a speck of homophobia in it that oh. I don't think translates to 2020. Oh, is it, is it, is it, is it the when they hug that when they hug the they they call themselves the the um the f word the yeah. the, the gay f word at the time it wasn't like you know it was. It, I mean, okay, let me put it this way. It was still homophobic because it's like, oh, God, how dare us possibly be gay? But, like, the use of that word was more commonplace at the time. Yeah. So, like... Especially... Especially... Did the movie now, which is why Bill and Ted Face the Music didn't have it. Especially if you... uh, It's definitely apparent when it's, like, an 80s teen comedy. Yes. And I think if you can... If you can watch... The, and it's just a tiny scene. It's, it's literally crazy. like a, it's one joke and that's it. But then again, people were trying to get Jingle All the Way canceled because of someone calling Booster that word. So anything's possible. But that, but was, an 80, that, was, that was like a that was a background noise. It wasn't like a joke that's vividly the one two people are talking and you hear it. Well, and that's what I'm saying. But um, I, I would say if you can get past that that minor hiccup. And you can let that go knowing it was that time, it was that place, and there was – it wasn't malicious. You'll be fine. I think you're going to love this movie. I think you're going to – I think the the tone is is just – it's great. Again, I think it appeals to – it can appeal to just about anybody. I feel like you can find a piece of yourself in a lot of the characters, not just Bill and Ted, but some of like the historical figures um, – and everything. I think the the way they use time travel is very interesting. I like the idea of them <laughs> bringing historical figures to do their history report. Um, the way it impacts their personal lives with the princesses, um, the mishaps along the way, uh, especially again in England, and you know when they actually get to the future and they actually can see the world that they know they're going to be responsible for creating. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good stuff. I mean, there's heavy subjects in it in this one as well, but not in the same style of heavy. Not heavy as far as like, you know, super duper deep, but heavy just like you know there there's a little bit of deepness in like you know you know the idea of like you know whatever you do in the present it can greatly in, impact the future. Yeah. But I don't think it goes any deeper than that. Whereas bogus journey i mean we're dealing with like concepts of heaven and hell and 
things of that nature. And again, the characters are great. I don't think there's one character in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or Bogus Journey for that matter that you can point to and say, that's the bad one. That's the one I don't really like. That's the one that kind of ruins at least that part of the movie. Like, yeah. I think I think it's just a very well done, fun movie. You know, regardless of the decade, I think it's I, th- I just think it's a, a time. It's timeless. I pun in, pun totally intended. I think it's a timeless movie that you could watch any time. And I think you could get something out of it. All right, Joe, what do you think about Excellent Adventure? Any thoughts? Any last thoughts before we move on to Bogus Journey? I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I know it. Go ahead. Truer words never spoken. Um, it, it's also the one that, like, it's one of the... Because I, I think I saw Bogus Journey first without realizing it was Bill and Ted. So, like, I still remember them in order. But it's it's... I mean, it's such a clever, just fun idea, and they just don't overanalyze it. They just go, what if these two stoner-type guys, what if they, what if the fact that they make a band together, this silly heavy metal band, what if that is the most important thing for our history? And then on top of it, the, the other idea of, their history exam going to get the 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 different icons of history that you would normally do projects on and have them speak for themselves it's such an interesting kind of it's it's a clever idea and making it work it's like you know we always try and interpret these people from you know a lot of them from hundreds of years ago how do they actually feel? You know, and, and I think that's another, I, you know, they don't really dive into that as much, but it's more through the, the antics that they go through while collecting them all and bringing them back to the future. And you know, what they Joe. do, huh? Different movie, Joe. Yeah. A worse movie series. Um, <laughs> uh, I really feel, yeah. Well, you know, might as well. I have a place to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do. And it, 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 I really I really do enjoy this. It, it's a fun movie to watch. Like I said, they don't go so deep into like the rules of time travel or butterfly effect or anything like that. They just go, you know, what would these guys do? How would they use this power if they had it? And, you know, what would happen? Like, what would happen if you brought Napoleon and gave him an ice cream sundae or, or took him to a water park? Like, it's just these crazy ideas that people normally, you know, check out via, like, sketches. And they yeah. made it into a movie. Yeah, and, I, and you could definitely tell they had fun with the, the ideas of, like, what these characters, what these historical figures would be doing if they were... And they they were in the present. Like I like the idea of like Beethoven like going to the music shop and like trying out all the pianos or um Genghis Congo and nuts in the store and whatnot. Like it's very interesting, like how you know, we always assume that like everybody's gonna be like have like future shock or whatever. But like here was a movie that's like, no, they would embrace it. They would embrace their new surroundings and try to figure out how they work. 
It's a it, to me, it's like a perfect fish out of water story because it's a fish out of water story, and then also another fish out of water story. So you have Bill and Ted going to the past, but you also got the past going to the future. So you have right. two fish out of water stories that are pretty fun. And positive from beginning to end because There's they no, never I give noticed. up, they never doubt, and no, again, everybody's just like – everybody just accepts what's going on and is like, okay, what, what do we do? What do we do about this rather yeah. than – we got to try and make things the way they used to be. I mean, there's this is a movie that has. I mean, they have one in Bogus Journey, but I'm not. It's not really that prominent. But the idea of you have to have a villain in your movie. Mm-hmm. There's no villain in Excellent Adventure, and there's barely one in Bogus Journey. Like yeah. the Denomalist barely make. He has a plan that sets things in motion, but he does. He's not really a prominent villain. It's on the movie a lot. I think, as you say, the villain is time. Well, yeah. I was gonna say the villain in the first movie is the history report. Yeah, like that. That yeah, that's more of like a situation, you know. That's like stakes, but it's not like a villain character. Which it was nice. It's nice. It's nice. There's the, no bully. The, there's no. And even the know. teacher likes them. Like yeah. it's not like he doesn't want them to fail. He doesn't want them to like. He wants them to pass. He that's why he even gives them the opportunity of like, okay, you gotta pass your history report. If you pass your history report, I'll pass you for the grade. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, I mean, yeah, but, and, and also like the implot, the implication that, uh, their teacher and Missy had a thing. But speaking of movies that had a thing, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Of course that, yeah. This is, did it not? Like, I believe in my heart that I like bogus journey more than excellent adventure because it has death. It has probably some of the best jokes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it does have, it does ha- also feature station with his, with his, with that ass. Yeah. And also, uh, evil bill and Ted, good, bill, good robot bill and Ted, good robot asses. Uh, it had, Oh God, I forgot his name. Faith. No more. Oh, uh, Big John. Yeah, right. Like, like they're like, like, they're, like they, like they. Like Rufus John, brings John all John Martin. John yeah. Martin. Star yeah. Player. Rufus Martin. Jim. Big Jim. Jim. <clears throat> Jim. Big uh, Jim Martin. Oh my God. Big We're Jim so John. Awful. Uh, like the like Rufus brings all these historical music fi- uh, figures, and they bring him from Faith No More. <laughs> and I like that Faith No More started this like institution, apparently. Yeah. Also, this is the first reference of station, and he says station, and you're like, "Yeah, what the fuck is this?" But I found <laughs> out there, even by the end of the movie, you don't really know what station means, and then, I, you, and then you figure out it's like, oh, it's just basically like a future speak, like aloha, like it means like hello, goodbye. Well, I was watching a uh, discussion, watching discussion, and they were doing a, they were doing a Bill and Ted retrospective. Apparently, according to the screenwriters, they were writing the script for Excellent Adventure, and there was the scene with the police station or whatever. Apparently, there's a typo where they forgot. They were they like, let's scrap a lot of this. They scrap a lot of the page, but they forgot to scrap the word station from police station. So on the draft, they read station, and it, it was like an inside joke. Like We forgot to write station, so they kept the word station. That's the reason why it's a prominent word. It's just an inside joke. Which I love. I love that little fact. But yeah, so with Bogus Journey, whereas 
it was about go. The first one was about going through uh, space and time to find these historical figures to do a history report. In this movie, it's about the journey of of Bill and Ted. Okay, they know what they have to do. They know they have to get Wild Stallions together. They the blueprint was set at the end of Excellent Adventure. Now they have the van and they've got their they're on their the their way to you know changing the future. And so they they they've had the they have these robot versions of them that are sent back in time to kill them. And so they're going all through the afterlife to try and come back so that they could, you know, avenge avenge their death and set things right. You know, the way Rufus intended for it to to go down, the way it was. So basically Bill and Ted get killed within 20 minutes. Yes. Their main character is dead. Also, another little tidbit I noticed um, that I never noticed that they're watching the episode before they're killed. They're watching the episode of Star Trek, the Gorn episode, right? On the yeah. rock. Well, I forget. The, I forget the historic location. The rocks. What's it called? You know the famous rocks know, in the desert. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking. About. <clears throat> uh, but then they're killed by the robot Bill and Ted on those rocks. Yeah. Oh, it's the same rocks. Yeah, I thought it was funny. They even had a thing where they're leading him up to the rocks. That's the shot, and they watch in the on the on the Star Trek on TV is them going up the rocks. It's literally framed the same way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cute. Yeah, it's, the, this movie's full of like like way more references. I mean, you've got the robots coming back in time to kill them, aka like Terminator. Yeah. You've got the Star Trek. You've got the Seventh Seal with them playing games with death. Yes. It, it, there's a lot of references that they squeeze into it. And probably one of my favorite. I'm just gonna say the joke already. There's also a reference to uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance. Oh kid. yeah. So I don't know why, but like there was one day where me and Wade. This is like <laughs> years ago. We're, we're we're talking, and I'm like, I don't know why, but like the scene when they're playing charades. And uh, Death just randomly goes, Butch and Sundance of the early years. For some reason, to this day, always makes me laugh. And I don't know if it's because it's just so funny because everyone looks at him after he says it like, what the fuck, Death? Or just his accent. Because he does have a ridiculous accent. Yeah, it's a weird European accent, but it's a joke that's, it's it's for some reason that is the line that Scott and I for like ten fucking years has referenced. Not any other ones. Yeah, just that one specifically. I don't know why. And it's I'll randomly. Just... I mean, I'll randomly say station from time to time. But like, yeah. no, for some reason, Butch and Sundance, the early years was was like again. I don't know why. Just that always it always made me laugh, and like just. Death in this movie and in the third movie are just he's he's constantly one of the best characters. He's actually one of the most to me fleshed out characters. Like he's a sore loser. His he doesn't have the greatest self confidence. Yet he's <clears throat> full of pride. Yes, and there's like so much that they made Death into like not a one note character. Death is actually a very I think he's more three dimensional than Bill and Ted are. Very much. 
Um, so, so yeah, so, so what ends up happening is they get killed and so they, they're going through the afterlife and they first run into death who tells them that, you know, you, you know, you'll, you'll challenge me to a contest and if, but if you lose, you stay here forever. And I love when, (laughs) I love when they're like, they're talking and he's like, what if we win? And like, everything just gets silent. Like you just hear this wind whip, whip, like, And then all of a sudden, he's just like, nobody has ever been to me. And then they're like, like, your shoes are untied. (laughs) And then they they turn to Melvin Dev. Yeah. Which comes back later. My favorite thing is when after they're they're done meeting God, (laughs) Dev just looks at him and is like, they Melvined me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, probably the most terrifying hell ever. Oh my God! Yes, like that is like <laughs> my, my favorite part is when they get to hell. They see like the devil and everything, and Bill, like again, just I love their undying optimism. Bill's just like, man, we were totally lied to by our album covers. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> like they don't realize like they're they're in fucking hell and they're still like so upbeat until until they're shoved into like that weird. The like their small, personal hells. The, the small metal tube, like kind of tunnels, and they go into personal hells, and it's like, it's like probably the one of the most 90s things ever. Like, you know, like that Beetlejuice architecture. Like those oh my rooms. God. Dude, when I was a kid, like, I'm not, like, it didn't, like, they didn't scare me, but like, oh my God, like, their, their personal, like, hells were so freaky. Like, like you've got, like, I'm sorry, Alex Winter as an old lady, just, ugh, I don't like that. It's the, it's the whiskers, the whiskers. Oh, God, it's, it's the whiskers, but it's also, like, the way he does it. Like, he, because, like, he, he totally could pull off playing an old lady, but then he has this, like, horror movie edge to his presentation, which makes it all the creepier, and... This movie is a great example of when I what I think is like even scarier than any horror movie. It's when you put a scary scene or a freaky scene in a movie that's like completely different than everything else. Like everything else, it's kind of like Large Marge and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Everything else is like fun and happy and upbeat or this and that. And then you just got this departure that's so far out of the realm of what you've seen up to it and afterwards it sticks with you and it freaks you out even more so. Cause when you watch a horror movie from beginning to end, you know what to expect, or at least you have an idea, you know, you're going to see some freaky shit, some scary shit. You, you have it in your mind that you're probably going to get disturbed. You're probably going to see like murder and shit like that. But when you put on a bill and Ted, <clears throat> after, especially after you just saw the first movie, you don't expect like evil grandmas and like evil Easter bunny and, Evil drill sergeant. Well, it's like, you know, like Willy Wonka, like that yeah. tunnel scene. You're not expecting you think it's a kid's movie, and then then you see that tunnel scene and you're like, oh my god. And also you kind of think, is Willy Wonka like a child killer? <laughs> like, is he like just a sociopath? And that's why what's really interesting is if when you talk to people, they're scariest moments that they remember from a movie is hardly ever from a horror movie. You know what I mean? It so is, it's Willy Wonka. It's, you know, I know a lot of people back in the day were scared of like the pink elephants from Dumbo or the donkey scene from uh, 
Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Or the fucking whale scene from Pinocchio. Yeah, like, mm. thing. It's like, the scary, like, as scary as horror movies can be, a lot of people's scariest memories are not horror movies. And I know people who were scared of that stuff, that like that scene in, in Bogus Journey. I know people who said, like, yeah, dude, when I was a kid, like, I couldn't watch that part. Like, it, it freaked me out. Yeah, and I and that, and to me, like I think it's more effective that way. Um, so they work their way through hell, and they and they decide, you know, okay, we got to play death if we're gonna do this. And then that's when like the real like fun with death starts because up until this point, he's serious, and like you know, because when you challenge death, like you're you're expecting chess. You know what I mean? Based on Seven Seal and everything, you expect chess. And they're playing, or or even like with Bill and Ted, checkers. But like they're playing Battleship. You they're sunk my Clue. Battleship. Yeah, they're playing Clue. They're playing like um, there's like uh, the football table thing. Yeah, I love that where he's like, he's like, and, and like I love how strategic they are. He's like, okay, G seven heat. Hit, you have sank my battleship. <laughs> or when they're playing Clue, or when they're playing Clue, it's like, hmm. and like just seeing the Grim Reaper holding the little paper, and I just love. I believe Colonel Mustard did it in the study with the candlestick, <laughs> and then like and, and and like they're soaking up the drama. They're like, open up the envelope. <sighs> Sorry, Death, you lose. It was Professor Plum. I said Plum. No, you said mustard. <laughs> like, just the way they're, like, you almost forget, oh. like, oh, shit, this is the Grim Reaper. This is the man who decides who lives and who dies. This is Bill and, Sadler. And he's getting into an argument over the rules of, like, of fucking Clue. Don't they do, um, don't they do paper footballs at one point? I think they do Twister as well. No, they do Twister because Twister is the one where he finally gives up when, like, they do the thing where, like, he 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 moves his foot to the one side and, like, his foot goes in Bill's face and Bill just, like, it's like he's, well, he I guess he did smell death. Okay, so they play Battleship, Clue, Electric Football, and Twister. Okay, I could have sworn they played Paper Football as well. That must have been yeah. something else. Um, oh, 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 there's another great scene uh, when they when Bill and Ted possess uh, their dads. Ted's dad, Ted's dad, and what's the other guy? Bill's dad? Yeah, or was it no, no, no. Dad? It was the other sergeant. Yeah, he was the sergeant. sergeant. It was like another police officer. He's oh. like, "Whoa, guys! <laughs> My son Ted, Ted and his dead. excellent friend Bill were killed. We gotta go find the guy, the guys who did it." I <laughs> totally believe you, dude. <laughs> yeah, just like. Well, doesn't that start up when like m- like Missy's like doing like a seance yes, or something? Yes, yes. <laughs> and like everyone, and and then like they just show up and everything. Well, wait, no, no. That's how they get into hell because they show up at the seance and then Missy s- sends them to hell, their spirits to hell. Yeah. All right, <sighs> All right. I got and, my and, order. And I love how when they go to heaven, like everyone is a human except for Station. Like heaven's supposed to be for other beings but it's like it's only humans in station which i thought was very interesting like is there well, it no also makes you wonder 
is station dead or is station like maybe he maybe he's like maybe stations like beyond that like he's he can he can go between heaven and earth and hell like he can oh. you know what i mean maybe he's that yeah. kind of entity maybe he's an angel maybe I mean, if you cool, look at man. what angels look like in the bible i mean they're not humans with wings i'll tell you that much now i'll tell you this when you google what angels uh, if you Google angels as depicted in the Bible, I'll tell you. You understand why the first words out of an angel's mouth are, do not be afraid. Yeah. Because if you saw an angel, you'd be like, holy shit. But yes. the thing I like about this movie is not better because I don't really view Bogus Journey <clears throat> or Adventure as one being better than the other. But what I like about this one is – there's more gravity to everything because again, you know, in, in with a time machine, yeah, you could always go back in time and change history. But if you're dead, you're dead, you know? So it's like them going, I, I feel like they go on more of a journey because there really is a sense of like, we could fail. We could like, they could have like, theoretically they could have lost against death and then mm. spent the, whole, the rest of their eternity in hell. They also have to beat. Uh, they also have to conquer the evil Bill and Ted robots, the metalheads. That's right. They also have to. <clears throat> they also have to defeat them, who've kind of ruined their reputation, and stolen their girls, and are throwing everything off. Um, I think that's the one thing this movie has that the other one lacks. Um, I definitely feel like with a lot of the stuff that it has, it has a much, uh, it has a darker tone, which I think fits the movie. But me personally, I prefer a more lighthearted tone, but I still fucking love it. I still love what they do. And the fact that as dark as the movie can get, it never gets too dark to where like they can't laugh at the situations. Like, for example, they they're they're palling around with the Grim Reaper who they're going to a hardware store and like watching the Grim Reaper like going through like find like a, a doesn't he get like a hoe like a garden hoe or something yeah and like he's trying to swing it around everything um that's the one thing the movie i'll say both movies never lost they never lost their sense of humor they never lost and as as dark as the second one could get i don't think it ever it never it never felt like it wasn't bill and ted it didn't feel like out of place with the first movie and i think that was the one thing that doing what they did in the second one made it work and made it to where people didn't hate it was the fact that they didn't stray too far from the original, but they still managed to do some cool, interesting shit with, with what, with, you know, the universe they established. I mean, they died, but they were like, Hey man, we're dead. They didn't cry. And they get super upset. They're like, well, we're dead. Yeah. And they're just like, but that's and that's the thing. Like, even like at their worst, they're still optimistic and they still believe that like you know they can do it. They can you know. There's no, how many times has doubt ever really entered their mind? Though at worst, they're they're frustrated because they can't figure out what they need to do or how to do what they need to do. But they never give up. They never quit. That's the one thing about Bill and Ted. They never quit. And you gotta respect that. Yeah, Joe. Do you have anything? I don't have anything to add. Uh, you guys hit on everything. Like, um, I mean, easily my favorite part is death. Like, he's my favorite character to follow throughout the whole movie. Um, William Sadler is so, so funny <laughs> in this. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean it. It. I mean there. You guys hit it all. I mean, it, there's that you know the personal hell, which is you know, I think ingrained in a lot of us that watched the movie when we were kids. And you know, you still have that Bill and Ted optimism. That it's never like like they never change. Yeah, they never get crushed by whatever obstacles are in front of them. They they just they are they're almost too dumb. To to know the odds against yeah. them, yes. Like, but that's the weird thing is, as much as the, as little as they physically actually like change, they do sort of evolve as time goes on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they evolve, but they don't. They change, but they don't. And that's kind of what I like about them. Like, they never in Bogus Journey, you know for a fact they're not the same Bill and Ted that you had in Excellent Adventure, but at the same time, they are. You know, they never they still have that same charm. You know what I mean? And also, can we also address that awesome solo from Steve Vai at the end of the Battle of the Bands? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Steve Vai did the he didn't. I don't think he did much of Excellent Adventure, but he definitely was part of Bogus Journey a lot. Yeah, uh, he did a lot of the music that again, that excellent <clears throat> uh, solo into God Gave Rock and Roll to You, which I was so bummed. Like, it took me years to figure out that that had nothing to do with Kiss. My like that question was something completely different. I, I know. My question was, like, was it implied that that song was going to create God gave rock and roll to you? Or is it just like just the credit song? I think it's just the credit thing. I think the solo was th- the solo was clearly them. I think the song was for the, okay. movie, for the movie. I was going to say, did they – did, did Kiss, Kiss steal that song from them? That's all I was like. Is that what they're implying? Well, I look at it this way. Paul Stanley's voice is obvious. <clears throat> yes. Though, bass, though, I think Death might be a better bass player than Gene Simmons. Well, remember, Wade, um, you may be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later, you dance with the Reaper. <clears throat> and also, the, at the end, with your bad self. Yeah. And, at the, and at the end, they uh, it's implied that they play a concert on Mars. Yes. Yes. And death and goes they, for a solo career. And they technically broke and they broke up. Rumor, but it was a hoax. Yes. Until the third movie, which we'll get into. Yeah, well, like <clears throat> I mean, what better time than now? Yeah. So, Joe, do you have any final thoughts before we talk about the movie? Um, no. No, I'm good. Um, I don't want to get the movie spoiled for me, because I am planning on watching it. Yeah. So, I'm going to say bye to y'all, and bye to the fans. Bye, fans. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Love you guys. Be excellent to one another. Party Party on, dude. Party on. So, as I as mentioned at the beginning, over the past weekend, Bill and Ted Face the Music, the third Bill and Ted movie, uh, came out. Uh, it was video on demand. However, uh, I don't know about all drive-ins, but I know my local drive-in was doing a theatrical uh, yeah. presentation of it. And it matters, uh, I think it matters on the state, uh, but VOD was $20, or it's $24.99 if you want to own it. So, well, I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is interesting uh, because you and me kind of talked about this off air. Yeah, like, we, we didn't go into like a whole full debate, but it was more of 
like we have a general consensus. Yeah, we it was more establishing where we were each coming from. Yes, uh, you were more disappointed, and I was more approving. Okay, I was. Di- let me let me make this abundantly clear before anything happens. No matter what I say, no matter what critique I give, I'm just going to give my my grade for it now, so you understand why I feel the way I feel. It was a C movie, as far as interests and like and everything like and like i took my nostalgia glasses off when i went into this caitlin even wanted to watch the first movie before we watched it and i said no i don't want to watch bill i said i'll watch another 80s movie but i don't want to watch one to put more pressure i went into this as optimistic as open-minded as i possibly could and i thought it was okay uh in the short in in you know to give the the clip notes version, I thought some things worked. I thought some things didn't. I thought some things that didn't work could have worked better. Um, and it did make me laugh a couple to, uh, like quite a bit in like the first half. I thought the se- the second half not a fan. Um, and I'll get into that more. Yeah. But overall, I'm not upset that I watched it. Like part of me is like it's fine, you know, it's the third movie so I could always just watch the first two and just be satisfied there. It didn't ruin the franchise for me cuz I think it's all, it's up to me to ruin the franchise for me. Yeah. Um it didn't Kingdom of Crystal Skull at all. But I part there is a part of me that kind of wishes they never made it. That's what I, I, th- I think it's one of those things like you're in that boat of if it was like a Bill and Ted trilogy Blu-ray collection You'd buy it, but you won't watch Face the Music. Right. Yeah. Right. This felt like okay. But you're not. But you're not. But you're not actively going to be like, I'm going to buy two movies separately instead of the 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 trilogy for cheaper. Yeah. No. That that doesn't matter to me. Like it's like okay. In in a long term long form expression, um, it felt very Netflix to me. This movie felt like this could have easily just become a Netflix or Hulu exclusive. Yeah. And I think it would have been a little more, I, I would have, it would have been more digestible. I think it would have, it would have given longtime fans something to watch, but I don't think anything to like put their hearts into like doing it the way they're doing it, releasing it the way they're releasing it. Um, on the po- positives. Okay. Positives. Number one, they got they got Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter first and foremost because you can't do it without and them. and it and it seems like like they had fun with it yes they definitely had a blast doing this movie it's, it's nice to know that like apparently like, I, I I mean I knew this but it's like it's nice to be reassured that Keanu and Alex Winter are still good friends since Bill and Ted which yeah. I'm like that makes my heart feel good and i don't think and i don't think they wouldn't have i mean they're both at a point in their careers where they didn't have to do this yeah they did it because they wanted to and i and i can respect that and that and it showed in their performances i thought i thought they were good i thought they did really good not just as themselves but i thought as the alternate future selves um i thought they were good my only nitpick with the future is i kind of wish we could have also maybe gone into the past but like Maybe the past before Excellent Adventure, and maybe use some of the de aging stuff, like them, even like some Bill's baby action. Yeah, I mean they could. I mean they did it for Bocas Journey. They had the kids. They played Bill and Ted. Yeah, uh, in the hell. Um, but yeah, like I understand what you mean. 
I think it's more of the girl, the daughters went on the past and then they went to the future. Speaking of the daughters. Okay. Positive. The idea of Bill and Ted's daughters, the idea of their children. I like, I like the idea of them having kids and like, you know, seeing how they, you know, you know, the idea of like their, how their parent, how they were raised, the fact that, you know, it's very rare that kid that people that age like their parents. So that was kind of refreshing. Um, and just, again, I like the idea of them having kids and what you could do with them. However, I'll get to the negatives about that and the negatives, but I want to talk positives. Um, positives. The idea of the all-star band of Louis Armstrong and Jimi Hendrix and uh, Mozart, although I'm pretty sure Bill and Ted could have pulled a, gotten a favor from Beethoven, just saying, like they yeah. had an in. They could have easily said, hey, Bill and Ted need you. Can you come help us? And, he'd be, and I don't know how deaf, how deaf people communicated back then, but he would have been like, yeah. Um, I like the idea of it. I like the execution of it. I thought it was a fun idea of like seeing this hodgepodge of people, um, come together. Uh, this isn't, this isn't a negative what I'm about to say. I would, I call this a neutral, um, Kayla and I were talking about this on the way home and we thought it was very interesting and not necessarily good or bad, just weird that like, if they're trying to appeal, especially to people from the future, why is everybody further and further back in the past? Like, I understand Jimi Hendrix and I understand Louis Armstrong because they needed Louis Armstrong. They need to convince Louis Armstrong to convince Jimi Hendrix to join the band. But then we go further back to like, we're going to Mozart. It's like, okay, I can kind of understand because a lot of people look at classical music as like, the foundation of modern music. Yes. And we're going further back to life. Even though, people. even though. And so like what you like to me, you know who they, who they should have gotten to play guitar maybe with Jimi Hendrix and it would all come full circle. Eddie Van Halen. Because if you remember in the first movie, the key to everything in their minds was Eddie getting uh-huh. Eddie Van Halen. That would have made more sense. We're just getting more, not necessarily more modern like today, but like, you know, okay, I understand getting Jimi Hendrix, but maybe get some people from, like, I would say at the very latest, the earliest, the 60s. Like, get more people that like, like, I'm sorry, like, I get the idea that like, they want, like, the idea is like, oh, get these other people because people look them, you know, people want to look them up. But like, based on the execution, and I'll get into that with the negatives, like, no one's really going to look them up. You well, know I, mean? I, I think I think that, more, more iconic, more known people made more sense. I think what they did uh, and a little like correction, I, you meant you, you meant orchestral music, like classical. I understand what you mean classical music. Yeah, If you want to be a nerd, technically classical era was not when Mozart was there. That was the Baroque era. I'm kidding. I'm just fucking with you. But, uh, uh, but, but I think yeah. the idea I think the idea is is they're trying to get a band and they, you know, Jimi Hendrix leads to Louis Armstrong and Louis Armstrong probably is like, Oh, I loved Mozart and Mozart's like, I loved Lynn Wynn, I guess her name was the, 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 the she was like Mandarin or Chinese uh, flute. Uh, but you remember like when Mozart was like, Oh my God, it's you, it's you. And he's like impressed. And I'm guessing 
she lands like, oh, the best drummer was this cave woman. I think that's what I think it's more of like recommendations of the previous person. And I get it. Yeah. Again, could have okay, been done a little better. That's cool. But. It's like it's like okay, in the world of this movie, that's cool for those characters. Yes. But as an audience member watching, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't care. Like Jimi Hendrix, I know who that is. I care. Louis Armstrong, I know who that is. I care. Even Mozart, even though Mozart felt of all of them felt the most out of place, I I was still just like, okay, I know who that is. But once you get into people who like nobody knows about, it's like, it's like, it's like I always feel like there's people who have like so much knowledge about stuff, but then they forget that like they're not the only like not everybody has that knowledge. And not everybody, not everybody wants to like be bombarded with people that you quote should know about. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm not saying it's a bad idea to do. It's just I just feel like for the sake of the audience, it. And and, and I don't want to get into this discussion, but sometimes I feel like sometimes movies or ideas are not made for the audience. And I think Bill and Ted is one of those. This is an example of that. Um, okay. Positives, positives. What else? Um, as, as mentioned, I love the future, the alternate versions of Bill and Ted. Um, I love Dennis, uh, the Dennis, Dennis, oh God, Dennis Conrad McCoy. Yeah. You gotta say it's my name is Denver. Dennis Don. Yeah. Of, so of all the new characters, he was the best. Uh, I would say second place in new characters goes to, uh, Rufus's daughter. Yes, I thought she was okay. I thought she was, I thought she was okay at first, but as the movie progressed and she showed a little more of her personality, like how she's like she's basically like a teen who hates her mom. Yeah, and then if I, she hates, I, I if she hates to enjoy her a lot more, and she hates that the robot was named after her. Ex. Yes, her ex boyfriend. That was, that was a great touch. Um, another positive, as we said in Bogus Journey, death is really good. I love how death. Um, got too big of a head and then decided to start a solo career. Uh, I also like the song too pale to, was it too pale to cry? Yes. Was, was, I like the idea that I loved his, uh, his framed wild stallions jacket. Yeah. I'll say this. When, when they, and we're going to jump ahead. We're not going to go through the, we're not going to go through the movie beat by beat. We're just going to, yeah, because I, because this is one of those, like you need to see it for yourself to gain <laughs> your own opinion. Yeah. Just, like, that, like, that, like, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. Bill and Ted get back with death. I mean, I mean, it's a Bill and Ted movie. You it's know that trailer. I know, but like when they embrace after like Billy and Thea get involved, that was a heartfelt moment that was earned. I thought like they were like, because you see him, he's playing bass and he's so sad. He's around this wild stallion stuff, and you feel bad for death. Yeah, because he never bad. wanted to leave wild stallions. But it was like you had forty-minute bass solos. They were the best part, and then you gotta think, well, Bill and Ted. Aside from that scene at the end of Bogus Journey, aren't really good guitar players. I understand Death was probably better. Yeah, uh, but it's like, um, but when they embraced, it felt like this was an earned, heartfelt moment. Um, also positive, the continuation of Missy and her. Uh, so she went from the dads to Deacon, which yes. I thought was which I thought was a nice touch. Um, yes. Uh, play and uh, Deacon is played by oh god Beck Bennett. His name is Beck Bennett. Yeah, from uh, he was in. I know he was on Saturday Night Live. I don't know what movies he was in, but I know he's on Saturday Night Live. He was the 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 husband or the boyfriend or whatever in the David Pumpkins sketch. Yes, 
uh, the one who was in the weeds with David Pumpkins. As yeah, he's, like, he's pretty funny. He's a pretty good uh, comedian. I think, I guess maybe the, the original actor at Deacon it was just not acting. I, more, think so. was, I think he was played by someone else in both mo- in the first two movies. So. Yeah, I, I feel like they probably just got him. They had to recast him because same know. with the princesses. Like it could even be a joke. I mean, theoretically, like, do you really care who plays Deacon? Do you really care who plays the princesses? No, yeah. you only care about who plays Bill, Ted, Death, and uh, uh, Ted's dad. Yeah, Ted's dad's there. Oh, yeah. also, can we talk about how he gets vaporized? And you're like, oh my god! Not only that, but did you also notice that not only did he technically kill Ted's dad, he also killed Ted's dad's van? Yeah, I, I like you know, and I also like how like he killed her family. I also like how Deacon was a cop, became a cop, but take his dad. Yeah, because that's what because that's what his dad wanted. Deacon basically became the son that he wanted Ted to be. Yeah, and I thought that was great. I thought I, I definitely thought that was a nice touch. Also, uh, I, I, I like I like how the dad I like how the dad doesn't believe him. But do, does Deacon believe that they time traveled? Because I think he should. Because of Napoleon, he does. Because he, he met he met Napoleon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, because we never say like Deacon's ever like dad. They're telling the truth. Well, he probably didn't want to say anything because. You know, he probably because his dad probably respected him more and didn't want to. And also, also, I love how like, like he gives like Missy, like what was it the nickname, like, the nickname, and Missy like, yeah, yeah, and it's like my dad gave it to me. That's why I said it or something like that. Like it was, it was a weird line. Yeah, but I thought it was funny. I loved how Miss, I, I love that whole thing with Missy. So good, so good. All right, are there any positives on your end that I did not discuss? Or that I did not bring up since we both kind of. I, I want to go through your negatives because I think some of my positives are your negatives. Well, no, it's okay. Like I want to hear your positive. You should give your positive okay. look on them. It, so when I so if they are my negative, I can give mine, huh. and they're all. I felt out. I felt like it was very wholesome movie. I felt like I, I liked. Uh, we can get into it more, but I like because it's probably gonna be in your negatives. I liked the fact that Bill and Ted were. They were older and they were more adult, but they weren't, they didn't change the, they didn't make them super cynical, like what have we done with our lives? It's more of Ted is depressed that we're, that he's not, they have not written the song yet. Not because of his own pride, but more of like, we got to save the world. It's more of like an out, an external like we need to save the the time and space. And I think that might have been why it bo- it bothered me so much because if you look at the beginning, the beginning, the first like ten minutes, kind of depressing, especially when you've like watched the other two movies because like they everything about like it's just yeah they were supposed to do all this cool shit and then they didn't and now they're sad and pathetic. And they don't, and the, and you know their wives are gonna leave them, and they make shitty theremin music. You know what I mean? Like it was just like. Though I do like, like I do I do like how they went to the theremin idea. It was like it felt like Bill and they Ted. They finally learned how to play instruments. I feel like Bill and Ted. The reason why the theremin scene like is so weird and weird sounding, just weird sounds. I feel like because they've tried every single musical idea to get this perfect song. But they can't. So they have to go this weird experimental route that probably their daughters kind of turned them on to. Their daughters feel like they're more open to – I feel like Bill and Ted was strictly just metal and hard rock. 
But the daughters are more. I mean, the, the daughters had the internet. So well, they yeah, but also remember. Yeah. But also remember, Bill and Ted never disrespected other oh, forms of oh, music. They, they never did. They never did. It's more of like. They, they appreciated never, all music. It's just yeah. that was their forte. Yeah, they never opened up to different genres. They were cool with other genres, but they were never actively going to different genres. Um, where I think the daughters were. All right. Uh, do you I, have I, any more positives that I didn't name so I can get into the negatives? Because you just brought one up. Uh, I, okay, let's just talk about because I think some of the negatives that you you don't like, some of the things that I liked on it. Uh, I'm trying to think of other positives. Uh, that we didn't talk about. Um, I liked Hell. Hell looked a lot better than like Bogus Journey. Not talking about the personal Hell. I will uh, say Hell looked better graphically. Yes, but I thought Hell had more life in Bogus Journey. I also love how like when they're in Bo- in Bill Death's uh, in Death's house, like they're talking to him. It's like this nice like kind of rec- it looks like a vacation like. Yeah, it's a nice little vacation. But, but in the background, you see this flying demon like in the background. I thought that yeah. was funny. Uh, they're talking to the demons, like, "Hey, thanks, demons. Hey, those guys are actually pretty cool. There's something you never see: a dead robot." But I liked, I liked the, but like I said, I like the adult theme, Bill and Ted. I think this is the perfect way if you make a character older, but you still want to be kind of dim with it and lovable. Bill and Ted face the music is the way to go. Not Dumb and Dumber too, where they're just dumb, but they're just a little older. Or like you know how you get some like people playing. It's like they're playing the same character but older, but they never acknowledge that they're older, and it just kind of seems sad. The only ex- the only exception is like Pee Wee because Pee Wee's kind of ageless in my opinion. Yeah, but um, I mean, even still, there were there are a lot of moments where Bill and Ted are kind of sad, and it's just like yeah, yeah but they're but they're not, not sad at all. I, but it's like they're not sad long. They still they're earnest and they still go forward. And the idea of the princesses, I mean, you're saying the princesses, they gave the I'll say this about the movie that the other movies didn't have. They gave the princesses an arc because in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they're just basically saying Bill and Ted aren't gay. They they have love interests. Because I feel like if you took the princesses out, you'd be okay. Uh, well, the princesses in the second movie are there are are the well actually technically at the end of the first movie they're the band in the band yeah, I know, I know but like, in the second movie they were like kind of damsels in distresses they weren't really part of the movie this one actually gave them something they're like we left our time for these well that, that was a weird thing they definitely gave them an arc but they weren't like it was like an off camera arc. Because you didn't see them go on this journey necessarily, but it had at, uh, best you saw, at best you saw the future versions of them go, yeah. "Come here!" Yeah. And like that was that was at best what you got. So it's like it was it wasn't so much that they gave them an arc they they gave them the suggestion of an arc. Because yeah. by the end of the movie, they're just like, "No, we're just ha- we're satisfied with how things are." Well, it's because they were they they tackled like they said, "I love you." It's not like because we love you because your princess is not like because like we love you because we actually love you. It's not as the idea of you guys being princesses, whatever. I do love the therapy session that has a girl from Workaholics. I forget her name. I like I like when they break into the past session. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh. We're totally, reminds me. totally here to not, to not make this worse. But I think we're totally making this worse. That reminds me. That's the joke that you said. It didn't tie into the third movie. 
that's kind of, to me that does tie into the third movie. It just doesn't go well. Like they try, like it's like the key thing. They try it again. Let's just go back to the past and fix it. And yeah, but what but what made the joke work was like you didn't have to actually watch them go back in time and make it happen. It just happened. That's what I'm, that's the difference. It's, it's funny, but it's funny. Like I feel like if you cut that scene, it won't be as funny. But like when you see the scene, then we just totally made it worse. Yeah, no, that was great. That was one of the things that made me laugh. Like I said, the first half of the movie I enjoyed. It was the second half where it kind of to me I wasn't as into it. Is it when they go to hell? Is that when um, it starts up, falling apart? Yeah. It really, honestly, it started falling apart the exact moment you figure out who the real heroes of this movie are. So the beginning. Not Bill and Ted. So the beginning, when they say Preston Logan. Yes. The first time. Yes. Oh, as soon also, as you see also, Preston Logan, you're like, okay, it's totally not Bill and Ted. Also, I love the the plot, uh, the, the, the general plot of time is getting fucked up now. And I like the idea of historical figures popping in different areas. I you think they could have done more with that. Like the, like the pyramids, like the pyramids show up in San Dimas. I thought there's so, like, I agree. There's something there. that's great. And also like, like the astronaut was the best one. The when villain the in, in the car and the astronaut's just like looking in the mirror or in the window. Yeah. Like the villain is, I guess the the mother or Rufus's wife. But it's more of like she's panicked and she has to send Bill and like, someone to kill Bill and Ted. It's more of she's not technically a villain, but more of like she sets things in motion. Uh, well, she, she's only a villain in the sense of she she, she sends uh, uh, I forgot the robot's name, Dennis. It's not that she – she's not necessarily – she's only evil in the sense of she sends Dennis back to kill Bill and Ted. But the only reason she's sent, she even is trying to kill them is because she believes it's their death that is what's going to make the – like I, I, she basically – it seems to me she has the idea that they've already written the song. It's just they need to die for the song to become popular, kind of like how most artists, like their work becomes more legendary and popular after their death. And I think that's – what that's that's her motivation it wasn't a hatred of bill and ted no, i know, I know. I, i'm just saying it's a loose very loose idea of a villain um uh i do like i love the rufus sh- uh, rufus showing up yeah like the the hologram i was like that's respect right there <clears throat> and i just i i i also like the ending of it but we'll get into it. you didn't like the second half as much so we could yeah, try to get into it i really didn't like the ending <clears throat> uh, i i, I, I okay cuz i'm pretty sure this is just going to this is going to be a segue to your negatives yes. but i liked the daughters i thought they were their own characters but they took after their dad they weren't i'll say they weren't doing bill and ted impressions they were doing bill and ted esque like if you lived with Bill and like for instance, like you like you know how you're like nurture, you grow up and you end up like taking characteristics of your parents. I feel like if you grew up and your dads were Bill and Ted, you'd act like them. But they also had mothers who were nothing like Bill and Ted. But also the mother well, characteristics well, well, well to be fair, Scott, what character character characteristics do the princesses have? Well on camera. But also, <laughs> I'm just saying. Also, also, do they live in the same house? I think so. I think or it's what, the same house. Oh, but they had they pulled into a cul-de-sac. They had two houses. I'm guess I was thinking do they had, just live next door to each other. But I think they live in the same house. Which I understand why the princesses are like we always we. Yes. 
Um, okay, so negatives. All right, and I'm trying not to be harsh because I don't. I'm. I do. I don't take any of this personal. Okay. As I said in my positives, I like the idea of them having daughters. I didn't like the execution, and I will tell you why. I will give my reasonings. Number one, I thought there was not enough influence of their mothers in them to justify – like it just felt like Bill and Ted are women now. Anybody got a problem with that. I felt like they could have injected a little more uh, – a little more – like into them, like basically like they could have been a little more like have the Bill and Ted optimism, but also a sense of like a, a more of a sense of realism as well. Um, the fact that they both talk exactly like Bill and Ted and dress exactly like Bill and Ted. Like I said, to Caitlin, I thought it would be kind of cool if like maybe you kind of did a mix and match with them. Like one t- like acted and talked more like the do- the the moms, but dressed like Bill and Ted. Whereas the other was the opposite, where they dress more like the moms, but they had more of a Bill and Ted nature. So you kind of got a piece of both of them where like they felt like they they had more of their own identity. I felt like a lot all of their identity was we're Bill and Ted's daughters. I never they never to me felt like their own thing, which I think hurt their them in the as characters in the long run. Um, because let's be honest, everyone's just going to say, compare them exactly to the, their dads because they're the same characters, you know, no doubt, no two ways about it. You see, I think, <clears throat> well, you can, I'm not going to disagree with that. that. That is a very fair point. Uh, I think it's more of, that's the joke. I feel like it's like, if you're going to make a Bill and Ted movie, they're going to be just like Bill and Ted, right? I, I, I feel like that's just like. That's how they wrote it. I, I mean, that's a fair point. They well, no, that's how they wrote it. But <clears throat> and also, also the fact that they're like they're just like, having them just like Bill and Ted works. Because if you had one different from the other, then it's not the idea of them being they don't like have Bill to and be Ted. Totally different, but I think they need to have some kind of identity of their own. I don't think they, they, I felt like they didn't have an identity, but dirt at, at any point, at no point in the movie. They, did they ever feel like their own people? They always, from uh-huh. beginning to end, just felt like they, you know, they are the result of well, Bill and Ted procreating. I will say, they're smarter than Bill and Ted. Not by much. But I mean, like, they're, they're, I feel like they're more intelligible than Bill and Ted are. I feel like they could get at least a C in the history exam without, in, the, in their history grade without having to do this last minute time travel um, this last minute time travel history report. You know what I mean? I, can I? Can I? Can I actually like give a reason why? I'm not saying I totally disagree, but one thing that could be a a, a damper in the argument, and they even acknowledge it in the movie, is the fact that they use that they went back to 1922 to get Louis Armstrong when they should have got a more recent version of Louis Armstrong. Yeah, they but- even acknowledge in the movie that they went too far back in time to get Louis Armstrong. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not that's why I say I agree, but I don't agree. Like, I think it, in some aspects, I yeah, but in some aspects, no. It's one of those things like they even tackled the idea of infinite universes and times. Like, I feel like that's what, like, you wanted a different infinite uh version in the movie, and I wanted a different infinite version of the movie. I think that's where we're at. Like, you're, you wouldn't go wrong with the method you want. 
But I don't think it goes wrong with the method they went well, with. And the thing is, I even had an idea. I told Caitlin on the way home. I actually thought there was actually a really good way you could utilize the daughters in a much better capacity story-wise. So, so they're doing the whole thing where it's like, okay, so Bill and Ted haven't actually written the song that unifies everybody. What if, what if somebody figured out when Bill and Ted do it and kill them? So Bill and Ted are dead. They have to figure out where, what time period they need to go to and what they need to do to be able to stop it from happening. So Bill and Ted can write the that because if they don't, theoretically, they could be wiped out of existence as well as everything else. Yeah. And I, huh. think, I think, I think story-wise you could have done something more interesting. If the daughters are going to be like take up half or more than half of the movie – I feel like they could have done something more interesting than, hey, let's just do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But instead of getting historical, uh, you know, historical figures, let's like regular historical figures. Let's get historical musicians to create a super group that will basically instead of Bill and instead of a history report, they're going to perform the song that's going to unite um, everything. Also, what's interesting is was Kid Cudi. Was that a past version of Kid Cudi, or was that like uh, a future version of Kid Cudi? I don't know, but the fact that nobody listened to his knowledge of <clears throat> uh, quantum physics upsets me. That was a total waste of Kid Cudi. I no, I feel like they didn't understand. <laughs> I feel like they didn't understand Kid Cudi. I personally don't know why Kid Cudi was in it. Like, even if you only had him in there because you know you need someone to appeal to the the modern day music fan who like is more into rap than anything. Like I think there's better choices you could have got than Kid Cudi. I feel um, like it's one maybe, of things like Cudi it was, three or four years ago. Yes. Kid Cudi in 2020. No, no. I feel uh, it, it could have been many things. It could have been like, it'd be interesting. I had to look at like producers, maybe uh, an agent was like, Hey, you should get Kid Cudi. Or maybe it was just a random fucking idea in the writer. I mean, they were writing it like, uh, fuck it, Kid Cudi. Fuck it. Or they probably had, or they probably made feelers out and Kid Cudi bit the. And Caitlin brought up a, and Caitlin brought up a good point. When it comes to like the song, Kid Cudi was literally just there to do the countdown. One. He did not yeah. contribute anything. Yeah. At all. <clears throat> um, and that brings brings me to uh, my other negative, the band. I like the idea of going to the past to create a super group of, of awesome musicians who are going to write the perfect song. You get the perfect person for each instrument, and then they write the perfect song, the one that unites everyone. I kind of, I like the idea of that. But, and this is a big spoiler, so if you didn't see the movie, now's the time to like mute or something. But when you get to the point where they have to perform the song, Everybody did it. So if everybody performed the song that brought everything into harmony, why did we need the super group? I think it's more of everybody was responsible. I think it's more of the characters don't know that. So they have a fraction of the idea. It's funny that you say that because there's a moment in the movie where Rufus's daughter, they ask, she, they ask her, I believe they ask her like, you know, when do we write the song or when do we do this? And her response is, I can't tell you that. My question is, can she not tell them because she doesn't know? 
Or can she not tell them because if they do, it could fuck up space and time? Because they never tackle it. It, it never goes beyond, I can't tell you. <clears throat> she, never, she never gives any illusion that she knows or doesn't know about the consequences or anything. And this is where I say... <clears throat> don't look too far into the Bill and Ted time travel rules because they're already fucked up before this movie can start it. Because this idea, I had the idea of, it's because if she tells them exactly how to do it, they might do something different accidentally and cause a butterfly effect. But Bill and Ted's excellent adventure say butterfly effect doesn't work like that. So I feel like they're they're trapped in a box based on the idea of there's no rules. But then when they have to have rules, it's like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? But why couldn't she tell them that it's not you, it's your daughters, and then they work with the daughters to try to create the song? Well, another idea is that she comes from 2700, like from 2700 time period. So that's 700 years in the future. Like... We don't know that 700 years ago, I don't even when was that? That was, let's just use Jesus. Like, we didn't know anything about Jesus, right? We don't know, like, all the details, like the Mary Magdalene stuff. We don't know that stuff, right? It's more of, over time, like, history kind of gets more simpler and simpler and simpler. Maybe they just think, Wild Stallions did this. And they say, oh, the leaders of Wild Stallions is Bill and Ted, because Bill and Ted are the consistent members of the band. Well, I can and, – and to an extent, I could go with that theory. However, it's like we're going so far in the future where, like, everything's documented. But yet, so, they, know, but they, yet they know the time and place. I'm just saying, dude, they even know that Rufus sent the t- – when Rufus sent the time machine to find Bill and Ted. So – Again, I, I, I say, why couldn't she tell? Like, but that was the thing. Even, forget about all, all the all the 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 possibilities, could be's, whatever. Why couldn't she tell them? That's the thing I don't understand. Is like, like they don't establish it. She literally just says, "I can't tell you." Usually, by the end, they'll figure out that, like, you know, Rufus would have, because, like, at the end of the first movie. You know, they talk to Rufus and Rufus is like, oh, that's when this happened. Yeah. And so they kind of make sense of everything. But you don't get that here. You just get I can't tell you. So it's like either she's weird. No, or she's she either she doesn't know. She knows and she's choosing to not tell them or she knows and she can't tell them because it could fuck something up. That's interesting. That's interesting because. Well, that, that, that leads into the whole idea of the rules of time travel and you have to be specific because Rufus comes to save the day to teach them, you got to write this, you got to pass your history report and do this. What was the original timeline where they don't need Rufus to tell them this? You know what I mean? Where's that original timeline? That's also fair, but also <laughs> Bogus Journey with like the newspaper clippings and everything at the end Tell us what happened afterwards. I think you know it's one of those things. Wild like, Stallions breaks up. It they didn't actually break up. It even says in the ending it was a hoax. I think it's one of those things like in your brain you got to think the credits didn't happen because because like in 1991 they probably weren't thinking. Well, it's tr- we had trouble getting Bill and Ted two made. I doubt Bill and Ted three is ever going to be made. 
I feel like they were like, but they're like, oh, let's let's do it in our Bill and Ted movie. So like, kind of retcon. Once once the credits hit, retcon that. I think that's what they're trying. I think that's and, like, and I, and I don't that, again. I didn't like that because like even at the end, even if you take away the the those, there's two things at the end of the movie. Number one, Bill and Ted. Well, on top of Bill and Ted actually learning how to ma- like they basically mastered guitar. Uh, also, um, that's the beginning of Ted having his like soul patch or beard. Because if you notice, every version of future Ted always had a soul patch or a, oh, a, a, a multi-nationalist goatee. And well, Ted had a ZZ Top – or Bill had a ZZ Top beard. Before, before you get into the negatives, more of your negatives, uh, we forgot to really talk about the, the biggest positive. You mentioned it, but the future oh, Bill yeah, we did talk about him. That's right. You know, like you had Ted with the soul patch being a fucking dick. Yeah, where they're like they're like open, they're just doing open mic nights all the yeah. time. Uh, I love my favorite one is the British version. British versions are great, where they they, um, what they, was they, they break into Dave Grohl's house and pretend it's theirs. I think it was was that twenty thirty? No, it's twenty twenty five. I think I don't remember the exact year. No, no that's what it was. That's what it was. It goes to twenty twenty two, twenty twenty five, and then twenty thirty, and then twenty sixty five when they're older. But that's what it was. It was two years. Then it was, let's wait till, what would five years be? So that'd be 2025. And that's the British version when they're in yeah. April's house. And they're just like, you have Ted with no hair. And you're like, oh, this is gross. Uh, but, and then, but the prison one to me was yeah. the best one where they're all like jacked. And they've got all these like tribal tattoos. And like Ted has like a tattoo that says excellent. And Bill has like a wild stallions tattoo. Yeah. But to me, that's great. <clears throat> But then you get into and, – and, and before we get further into the future stuff, that also makes you think, wait a minute. What future is this? Well, and that's, a, that's another thing. Like, okay, okay. So at the beginning, they establish that Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey happened. We're not pretending that Bogus Journey didn't happen or anything like that because yeah. we can't because of death. But, like, we never find out where shit went wrong. We never find out like why the events of that were that were t- prophesized to us in Bogus Journey and told to us eventually happened. We never find out why they don't happen. I feel like it held how it's supposed to happen in the original timeline is Bill and Ted, the old Bill and Ted that die in 20, 2065. They finally write Save the Music, the song, and then they give it to their past selves, and that's what starts the motion. But then they have to go into, like, how did they write the perfect song, and how did the time travel happen? That's why it's like, it's a Bill and Ted movie, I'm just not going to think. But I th- because but that's, see, that's, the problem, though. that's the problem, though. They got convoluted with their own. It's like we're the ones. We, the audience, are the ones who are like, watch this go. It's Bill and Ted. We know how their time travel works. I don't think the motherfuckers who wrote the movie remembered how Bill and Ted time travel worked and like and shit like that. But anyway, it was it was great when you see them. Like they they, they it's a tender moment. Like it's a very tender moment when they're Bill and Ted are saying bye to their dying selves. Yeah. Right? Well, but then they're like, you know, you they're dying. Post credit, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see the post. Okay, yeah, stuff. they don't die. I know, but it's like one of those things. Like they're saying goodbye, and it's like. I wish I knew you. Like, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> like, I've, I just. I, it's I'm here. Tender. I've been here the whole time. It's tender. Yeah. It's like tender and like actually kind of. It feels kind of heartfelt. Like I felt like emotions with it. 
Yeah. Because, but then, like, it's just so obscure, like, so obscene, like, so, like, just like, like, what? This is so weird, but it's funny. <clears throat> and then also, also Dennis doing his dance in the background. Great. The other thing about Bogus Journey that, again, they sort of acknowledge, and because Bogus Journey happened, they had fucking sons. Okay? I don't care what anyone tells me. They had fucking sons at the end of Bogus Journey. In fact, the original draft for this movie was they were going to have sons, and the sons were going to be like Bill and Ted. And then they decided, that's dumb. So then they're like, okay, well, now they're girls that are like Bill and Ted. And that was okay. Like, I don't understand how, like, and this isn't me going on an anti-feminist thing because I, I, I am a feminist. I'm for all that stuff. But to me, it's like, I don't like the I don't get the idea that like, okay, it was dumb for them to have sons who are like them, but it's okay to have daughters. It's like I feel like I gender and now the idea is okay when it's a a gender neutral idea and you kind of go against the previous movie because we established they have sons. Rufus having a daughter makes all the sense in the world to me. In fact, when I saw when I saw uh, was it Christian Shaw, I think her name is when I saw her pop out first, I was excited because it's you know, Louise Belcher. But then I'm just like, that makes sense. Him having a daughter makes sense. But we know they have sons. It's established. I think the problem is, Scott, you're really resting on the laurels of of the credits of Bogus Journey. Uh, No, it's not in the credits. It's actually in the ending of the movie when they show off their children and they're like, this is little Bill. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. They actually, that was actually established in the movie. That's what I'm saying. They had sons. I forgot all about. Yes. Okay. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to the writing of why they chose Girls, I feel like if you got guys, they're going to look just like Bill and Ted. It's going to be. I feel like it'd be more. Fu- I feel like it. I feel like in their Bryant brains, they thought it was funnier if it was two girls acting like them instead of sons, because then it's going to be like they're just Bill and Ted again. And that would be a OK. But now if I'm starting to think if okay, like you said if that this a, if this if this nullified bogus journey, if this was like bogus journey, kind of like how Halloween, the new Halloween negates Halloween 2 so this is the new a new direct sequel to the first movie yes face the music was a direct sequel to excellent adventure instead of bogus journey I could buy all of it yeah but the fact that bogus journey is acknowledged it's part of this history it's part of this lore and now they have daughters instead of sons to me it's like why did you even acknowledge it? <clears throat> I feel like Why did you even do it. Like you could still have death. Uh, they could re-earn the trust of death. And like you established that like this is a new this is not this is after excellent adventure. The bogus journey didn't or did not happen. We're doing a this is a new sequel, a new second movie. If they did that, I'd be on board for a lot of the liberties that they took. But the fact that they didn't and the fact that like this is the third movie this takes place after bogus journey there's a lot of things like again they established that wild stallions united the world they establish that again that they have sons they establish like all this stuff and then this movie's just like yeah they didn't they actually didn't do jack shit all they did was have sex with their wives to create the ones who made it happen and like 
Um, you know, it turns out everybody did it because God for, you know, cause you know, God forbid <clears throat> it happened. And on top of all that, forget about all that. Let's say, let, let's also say like, okay, wild sounding still gets the credit. Why should they get the credits when their daughters did it? Like that's uh-huh. another thing that kind of tripped me up. It's like by the end, I could kind of accept that the daughters, their daughters were responsible. But then why do Bill and Ted get the credit if they uh-huh. were responsible for getting okay. it all together? Okay. And then everybody in the universe did it. Okay, so to tackle the first point with the, the sons, maybe this is a different timeline. It's a different timeline after they had what? What did something happen? All of a sudden, their penises turn into vaginas. No, no, it's more of the idea. No, no, I meant like a different timeline where they had, <clears throat> where they had the daughters. Like I feel like they talk about this idea of the infinite timelines and different possibilities. I feel like in one timeline, focus journey happened, but in one timeline, the that is just speculation or somewhat kind of explaining or whatever. I don't know. It might just be a loophole, whatever. It is a loophole because they established no, Bogus Journey not a loophole, not in the beginning. Uh, a plot hole, not a, time, not, not a loophole. Whatever. Uh, I feel like maybe there was a, there's a timeline where they come back with daughters instead of sons. Okay, but they established that Bogus I Journey know. happened. I, and I, I understand. Journey, they came back with sons. I like your idea. And I'm not, again, I'm not against it if they actually did something to really make that a thing. Mm. But they even acknowledged it. And also the the whole the ending. You have a problem that Wild Stallions did not invent it, but they're part of the band Wild Stallions. But they are Wild Stallions. I'm Billis Preston Esquire. I'm Ted Theodore Logan, and we are Wild Stallions. Hunt, hunt, hunt. So does death not count? No, not really. But death is the bass player of Wild Stallions. That is true. So I'm saying like. Maybe it's the idea because Bill and Ted, they're the brain, they're the, the owners of the band, they're the brainchild of the band. Like for a good example, let's use Meteor King as an example. You and me started the band, but that, that, let's say we wrote a song that changed the world. You would want Johnny and Ronnie included, right? No, fuck them. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. But, I, know what you, but, I get what you're saying. I get, I get where you're coming it's from. Like, it's, it's, like just, if, it's like if Kiss right now wrote the greatest song of all time, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, Part Three. Uh, but Gene and Paul are the main members right now, not Ace and not Peter. So do you include Peter, Chris, and and that, or are you including just Paul and Gene because they are the brainchild? Well, That's hear, how I view it. Well, hear me out. Let's say Meteor King wrote it, right? We wrote the song that brought Universal Harmony. Okay, I get credit. You get credit. Ronnie and Johnny get credit. But the entire fucking universe doesn't get credit for it. No, it's more of I think it's more it's it's the idea of the I idea, of, it's the idea of, of everybody's special. No, no, everybody no, no, no. gets to everybody gets a chance. Everybody no, is it's, a part it's, of this. It's, I get it. It's more I think it's more of to unite the world. You need the world to unite. I think that's the idea of everyone play. It's like I'll have a coke. It's like that idea. Of like I'll have a coke. We're all joined together because we're all drinking coke. I think that's what it is. I think they're the spark. And it's I get so it. I just I don't like it. Like, it was so simple before. It was so fine. Wild Stallions, they write the song that changes the world. Why did we have to fuck with that? Why I did mean, we have to com- It's like we had to complicate it. And again, I'm not saying this isn't what I when I when I say this, I'm not saying this as a quote feminist agenda bullshit. Because I don't believe I don't have that. That's not an issue. But it just felt like 
we had we had to make this third movie to to muck up the timeline so that we can make so that we can make other people responsible so that we can say like oh you know women did it guys women saved the universe and it's like that's cool and all that's fine but like i feel like they took bill and ted too much out of the bill and ted movie to where it's like they're the heroes they're supposed to be the ones that save everything they saved everything in the first one by passing their history report they saved everybody in the second movie by doing the battle of the bands and fighting the nominos and the evil robot thems but in this one it was just like other you know what it felt like it kind of felt like dragon ball z when gohan eventually had to be the one to stop cell yeah but but at the end of the day like it went back to Goku because everybody likes Goku and like people like Gohan, but Goku's like better. It's, it, it feels like that. It feels like if we get a Bill and Ted four, Bill and Ted four is going to negate three and it's going to go back to Bill and Ted save the universe. I don't think they're going to do a four. Uh, though Alex Winter did make a joke on Twitter saying, well, we already have four, five and six and seven in the can. We're just going to release them weekly. Uh, I think it's more of retcon some of the dumb shit. I think it's more of uh, you could say the same thing about Bogus Journey. You didn't really need Bogus Journey. Excellent adventure. That's all you needed, which you could say. But I think it's one of those things like. But Excellent Adventure didn't do anything to cancel out. Uh, Bogus Journey didn't do anything to cancel I, I out understand. Excellent Adventure, whereas this one did things that cancel out the other movie. I think it's. I don't think it was the idea of the dollars was not a feminist agenda. I think it was just like. No, I don't think that either. Yeah, I think it's more of they just like that's why you know we finally they had dollars because they probably wrote it with signs and realized it's just not as funny. I think. I think. Well, that's what they said. But I think what happened was I think the idea is they wanted to pass the torch. Which, you know, a lot of people said they should have did with Ghostbusters, where it was like the old characters passing the torch to the new characters, which I would have liked that better. Um, but I, this isn't a series where you can pass the torch. Like, it'd be one thing if this was just the excellent adventure, the bogus journey, face the music. If it wasn't called Bill and Ted, then you have an argument for passing a torch. But like when they're the characters and, and again, you could say like, oh, well, technically the daughters are named Bill and Ted. It's like. That's true, but that's kind of a cop out. Like <clears throat> it's, it's it's a very complicated and, thing. And personally, personally, I think it, if it worked just as well with daughters as it would have with the sons, I don't think people would have. I don't think as many people would accept the sons, but not a lot of people are accepting the daughters either. Like, I think it's one of those things where, and I've read a lot of audience and critic reviews of this because I wanted to know if I was alone. And I, there are people who liked a lot of the stuff and this and that, but a lot of the people, even the people that really liked the movie, like much more than I did, even said the daughters fell flat and they felt like they felt like caricatures. They didn't feel like their own people. They didn't feel like, like people at all. And I agree with that. And I think it's, it's a shame that they did something that could have been that's this movie in a nutshell a lot of really cool ideas that could have been better and should have been better their kids should have been much better regardless of their gender they could have been much more interesting and much more unique and everything but they just took up a lot of time and then and just didn't really didn't really care 
You know, the historical figures. You could have done more of the historical figures like you did in Excellent Adventure, but you didn't really get a whole lot with them. It was kind of you got their introduction and then they played the mute, then they did the song. There was uh, there uh, like they did a lot with Bill and their future selves, but I feel like they could have delved a little deeper. I think some of their future selves could have been a little more. Uh, had a little more or going like the the one like the British ones. Those were the most fleshed out of all of the future selves, and I think you could have. I think you could have done more with that stuff. I think you could have done more with the future. I think you could have done more with establishing the threat of reality between the beginning and end. Not just reality's fucked, and then at the beginning, and then at the end, reality's really fucked. Like I think they could have done. There was this is a definitely a case of. Could have done more and could have been better. Well, I think with what they had too. With what they had, I'm not saying that they had a bum project here. I just think they had great potential with a lot of these new new things and didn't know how to utilize them. I feel I, like if someone else came along. I think they could have utilized them better. I feel like, uh, and I said to you, I said love letter, which is not the right way. To say I should say well, you can't write a love letter to your own franchise. That's I should say it was Bill and Ted's greatest hits. You had the time travel. You had the daughters do the time. The daughters went back into the past to get historical figures. So you have the excellent adventure thing. You have the the disenfranchised future selves, the evil Bill and Ted. You have they go to hell. They and they met. They meet a new character. This the death. The station. Uh, Dennis. Dennis is basically station. <clears throat> um, That's the other thing. It's like the okay, Rufus been there, done. That was the beauty of of Bogus Journey was we didn't retread. We went forward. We went. We did more. We didn't look back. We looked forward, and I think that was another misstep with this movie is there was a lot of looking back and not enough looking forward to like okay, it wasn't so much what can we do new. It was more like, how can we take what has been and put it through the 2020 filter? This is a like very – Going back in time, getting historical figures, going to hell. You know, it's like, again, we've been here. We've done it. And it was this more a, fun back then. It wasn't – This is a very – There could – again, there could have been – they could have done – especially with the concept of reality. Like, how come they didn't switch between reality? How come Bill and Ted and their kids and everything, how come they weren't affected by reality and like getting teleported to other places and things of that nature? That's something they could have done. Uh, it's a, you could, it's have a, had a scene. Uh, you could have even had a scene where they're in this like midway point between like where they start and then where they end up where like you could have this like center of reality type of scene, kind of like in the first movie. And I know I'm saying we're going back to the first movie, but it was more like, a discovery thing like when the, in the first movie when they go to the future and they meet the 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 great ones and everything and how it's like this just like very like like very like it's so full of wonder and so full of intrigue you could have done something like that at like the center of reality or something like it's that a, they, didn't, they didn't use do enough with their they didn't do enough with their concept that they could have done more with and i think that's what bothers this me is, this is a very interesting not really a debate discussion. This is a very interesting discussion. Because I don't think you're wrong in your, in your because, assessments. Because usually I'm the one that's nitpicking – not nitpicking. I'm the one that's tearing apart kind of like the plot holes. And you're usually like, I had fun with it. But now we switch to where like 
I had fun with it. I liked it. I, it's one of those things like I did not have high expectations for a Bill and Ted movie that's 20 years later. Like, I didn't have that was the thing. Nineteen years later, I I went. I tried going into this as just a movie. I tried going into this without my nostalgia. I I checked my nostalgia at the door. I checked my fandom at the door, and I was like, my whole thing was, I'm willing. I want to see what they give me. I wasn't trying. I wasn't saying I want to see this. I want to see that. But then I got what I got, and then was like, I feel like we've been here before, but better. It's it's uh but you said that this movie is okay, which is it is like I know it's it I, I needed it and I didn't. But this movie well, was definitely this movie would definitely not be in my top ten favorite movies of the year. This wouldn't be in my top ten favorite movies of the last ten years. I was about to say don't say decade because you can't say decade right now. Uh, cause I'm just saying of the last uh, 10 years, I know. No, I, I will also agree with that. It's not, it's a middle of the road movie, uh, that maybe in 20 years we'll look back in nostalgia. Like we do with the other ones. I, per- I, mean. I personally think people, we're all going to forget. We even watched it. <clears throat> we just think about the movie, the movies. Uh, but like how people are like, it's gotta be the best movie or the worst movie ever. Or, the most excellent movie or the most bogus movie. Uh, this one's in the middle. Yeah. The middle. That's the thing. It's like, <clears throat> I wouldn't, here's the thing. I wouldn't feel the way I feel if I wasn't a fan. Yeah. And I'm not saying this, this didn't ruin the franchise. It didn't ruin the franchise for me. All it said to me was, is all I need are one and two. You know what I mean? That's all it did for me. It just made me <clears throat> real think, okay, I never have to, I saw it. I never have to watch it again. And the best part is because it's the third movie, like it's not like Last Jedi where it was like it was the the second in a trilogy and then they had to like, you know, go from there. It was like you don't have to watch the third movie. You can literally stop. You can stop at Excellent Adventure and it's just watch like, the third movie. You can watch like, another bogus journey. It's kind of like – watch this one again. I think that also is part of it. It's like the fact that there's no feeling of I have to watch this movie – to get like I could literally get in my opinion the whole story from the first two. It's it's very similar to something like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. It's the idea of I think that the writers and the actors they just want they want to play in the sandbox. They want to play with the toys again. Yeah. I feel like it's more just having fun. I don't think they were aiming for to exceed ex- excellent or bogus. I think they were just like. Hey, you know what? We haven't done a movie together. Let's make a movie. I think it's more of like that, and that's how I view it. It there's there's plot holes, there's flaws in the movie, one hundred percent. But it's fun. My it's fun. Problem, like I said, my only real problems have to do with like the writing, and and the the and like the and things that go along with that. And it's just like I just think they wanted to make a. I I think at the end of the day. They they always wanted to make a third Bill and Ted movie, and they didn't much care how they got it or how they got to it. And I think Alex and Keanu were just like, look, people want a third Bill and Ted movie. Whatever they got for this, uh-huh. we're going to do it, and we're going to give it our best shot. And I can't say that anybody who – I don't – even though I don't agree with how the daughters were used and I don't think they they translated very well or worked very well – I still think they gave it their best shot. At the end of the day, it was what it was. I think I think this would as I said before, I think this would have been a fine Netflix exclusive movie. 
I think it would. This was a. This is a. This is a great. I said this to you in text, and I know you know what I mean when I say this. This is a great TNT movie or a TBS movie where it's like you can kind of like just put it on, and you don't really have a problem that it's on. You don't really have to pay attention or anything like that. That's this movie in a nutshell. Like, it's fine. I could see this being on Comedy Central for a while. I it's can like. It's, it's like a theatrical uh, release. It's like, like <clears throat> it didn't need a theatrical. That's one thing about COVID. I think if this had a theatrical release, I don't think it would have. Oh, I no. don't think it would have been as liked as it has by those who like it. <clears throat> I mean, I got to see it in the theater, and I will say the theater and seeing it at the drive-in enhanced the experience. It just didn't enhance the movie for me. I'm saying I watched it on VOD. Bill and Ted's is a perfect movie to be on VOD because. It's not really needed for theatrical, right? It's more of like a niche. Like, do you like Bill and Ted movies? You'll you'll probably like this one. Watch it. <clears throat> it's not like it's gonna be like Mulan. You know, it's a movie that has to be like if they charge like for instance, someone was like, I'm not paying twenty dollars to watch Bill and Ted. I'm like, well, they spent millions of dollars making it. They're not releasing in theaters. I'll spend the twenty dollars to fucking watch it, right? Because I'm I'm giving them the money. Because I like them. I like the writers of the movie. I like the uh, Bill and Ted. I like Keanu and Alex Winter. The director was the guy who did Galaxy Quest. I like him as a director. So I'm like, I'll give them the money. I like Sahara Weaving, who played Thea. Yeah, Thea. Right? Yeah, Thea. I'm right. Sorry. See, that's the other thing about it. Do you remember which one was Thea and which one was Billy? I sure as fuck don't. It was it was Thea because she was blonde because they named them after each other. So so Billy was Ted's because okay. So just for the record, we're gonna st- we're gonna stick to wh- who named who, but we're not gonna stick to their genitalia. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know why that's a, such a big deal. I don't see a big deal because for- it was established. I know, I know, that's I, the big I, thing. I, that's my problem. I wouldn't care if they just said they had kids and didn't specify. I'd be fine. I don't care. I don't have a problem with them having it's daughters. Fun. If they held the baby, the idea of them having daughters. It's just the fact that we established they didn't have daughters. Well, Scott, if this was written by George Lucas, who would have a special edition omitting that, and also some Jawas would show up on stage, it'd be really weird. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm waiting for Ryan Johnson's version. Uh, Bill and Ted. The uh, the I don't know what would you call it. The last. The last stallion. Well, the Last Stallion. There you go. I'm waiting for Ryan Johnson's Bill and Ted, The Last Stallion. Yeah, like, like I like the movie. It's not like I feel like this is a movie that it's. I feel like they, they did the smart route, unlike New Mutants did, which I have not seen New Mutants because I'm not really going to go to the theater to see New Mutants. I I don't know what the deal with New Mutants. But I heard it's not good. Not happy. I heard that it's uh it's the worst uh, X-Men movie. And I'm like, I, it's one of those things like, I highly doubt it's the worst X-Men movie after, you know, Origins, Apocalypse. Apocalypse sucks. Last Stand, Dark yeah. Phoenix. Oh, but going, but going back to Bill and Ted and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm just more disappointed because this is a franchise that like I loved and like meant a lot to me. And You know, I kind of a lot of the characteristics of myself I've based around 
being influenced by their influence. But by that same token, you know, I don't hold I don't hold franchises in that high of a regard. I am open to the idea of change. I am open to the idea of doing new things. It's just a matter of I would like those new things to be done well. And personally, I like those new things to not just be new versions of what we've already seen. Like that's yeah. why I said maybe have them be like I said, maybe have them be a little more like their mothers. You know, maybe maybe don't do the going back in the past thing. You know, you know we've done that before, or do it in a different way where it's not just the it's the same it's the same thing. We just change the theme. Like instead of going back in time for historical figures of like politics and like regular history, let's go back in time and get musicians. And instead of a history report, let's do you know we're going to perform a song. Like it again, it just felt like. There was a lot of let's take what we've already done, but do a different version of it rather than let's try to do something new. I said I said when I came out of this, I thought the movie was lacking a heart and I don't think it was lacking a heart in hindsight. I think it was lacking a, a, a full direction. I think they had so many ideas that they felt like they, we had to do them all in this one movie. This was our one shot to do all these ideas. And I think if they could have streamlined it a little more. I think you could have had a much better – again, yeah. they had all the tools. I'm not going to say that they didn't. I, I don't think anybody did a bad job mm. with what they were given. I just think they had the tools. They just didn't know how to use all of them, and they didn't know how to use all of them to the best of their ability. Also, and, I'm gonna leave it at, and I'll just leave it at that. Like I said, it's a solid C movie. As it, On its own, it's fine. It's just compared to the other two, I just feel like it did things that just like – they wanted to negate certain things from the previous two movies and they wanted to do like some kind of revisionist history to be all inclusive. <clears throat> I don't agree with like, uh, so Scott. I, I was fine with the simple idea of two guys form a band that writes the song that saves the universe. I was fine with that. Uh, I'll say that. Okay. Before I ask you how many fly, how many flying V's you would give it. Uh, I, I'm also glad that Orion pictures is making me. Yeah. Yeah. That that was the one thing because I'm gonna be real. Orion Pictures has been putting out shit since coming back. Yeah, like they had um, what was that? What was that one where it was like it was like Battle Royale but in an office building? Man, oh god, Falco effect, Falco experiment, experiment. And yeah. I was remember we saw the trailer for it, and at first I was like, it was like at first I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then when you figure out that's the whole movie, you're like, oh, this oh. Not I, ta- I mean, I talked about, I don't know what episode, but I talked about on the podcast. Yeah. It wasn't good. Yeah. See, see, uh, see Joe Lynch's Mayhem. It's a similar idea, but more fun. And you should watch that. Also, in Mayhem starts tomorrow weaving. There you go. Uh, but how many flying V's out of five? You could do half flying V's. You can do whatever half of a V is. Um, I'm going to give it a solid, I give it a solid three flying V's out of five. Okay. I will say... I'll probably give it three and a half flying V's out of five. I liked it a little bit more than you. It's not a perfect movie by any chance, but I think I liked it a little more than you. Uh, but it's, it, but it's like, it's, it's Bill and Ted. It's fun. It, it felt like this is a fun revisit to this universe. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna end it here. We yeah. have a, there's enough Bill and Ted discussion, okay. but we're not going to be here next week. Because Scott and I are going to studio, which 
Ah, uh, shit. I fucked up that segue. Uh, you can follow us at Minkadish MCP on Twitter. You can follow us at Minkadish Productions on and Instagram, Minkadish Productions on Facebook. But yeah, anyway, we're not going to be here next week because Scott and I are going to the studio for our band. What's the band called, Scott? Yeah, our band Meteor King. By the way, thanks for fucking up my plug, you dickwad. You I didn't think of I didn't think of a segue until like, oh shit I should say this uh, for here yeah so uh, so so not only are we and I going to the studio to record our new our new album with Meteor King full length not an EP we're going full length on this one their second full length but um, between so between now and when we come back to you on September fourth. Uh, if you go to MeteorKing.Bandcamp.com, not only are you going to find all of our social media, so you'll find our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, YouTube, all that. Uh, on September 4th, if you purchase any merch from MeteorKing.Bandcamp.com, be, uh, Bandcamp themselves are waiving all the fees. Now, what that means is usually when you buy merch from us, a portion of it goes to Bandcamp. But on the, on the 4th of September, that's not happening. We're going to get 100% of the profit. So that means when you buy from MeteorKing.Bandcamp.com, all your money is going to support us, which, I mean, that's what you want, right? You're going to support us anyway. You want us to get your full support. Where on the 4th, you order some merch, you're going to get it. And you're going to get – you got T-shirts. We got – we got the the white and pink logo shirt. As of now, we've got two left of the Lords of the Comet shirt, a small and a medium. So you got to get that while you can, even if you don't get it on on the the fourth, because it might be gone before the fourth. You don't fucking know. So you want to get on that, and then um, for that day only, because the fees are waived and we get full profit. That means that um, we're going to be reselling our uh, anti police brutality T shirt. And because all the money comes to us, that means all the money for that shirt is going to go to Black Visions Collective, which is a great charity um, that's helping not just with, you know, dealing with police brutality, but also uh, helps uh, with black youths and not just black, but like trans and non-binary and things of that nature. So it's a very, a very all-inclusive group that we're really happy to have uh, partnered with for that. And um, only available that day at at midnight on at twelve o'clock midnight on the fourth it will be up at twelve o'clock midnight on the the fifth it will be gone. So you need to if you want it you need to get it that day. Otherwise you're going to have to message us directly and it's going to be very awkward. This is a very non awkward way to get that done. Um, also, uh, when you get the shirt, you're also going to get the police, anti-police brutality sticker as well. Uh, we we're still doing that as, uh, with it. Plus we also got the CDs, we got the patches, we got the pins, but if nothing else, make sure you get that fucking shirt because not only is it going to a good cause, but you're letting the people know that not only are you supporting us, but you're also supporting the idea that, you know, not just equality, but equity, people actually having the same rights not just the same rights based on blah 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 everybody has the same rights and everybody deserves a fair shot and everybody deserves to live and you're basically saying no i'm not going to tolerate this shit yeah. and this is a way to show that support um so meteorking.bandcamp.com you can order stuff anytime you want but september 4th that's the day you want to do it and also uh, as for Mink and Dish, we also have a YouTube, youtube.com slash Mink and Dish Productions. You can find all of our uploads. You can find episodes of the Criterion Connection. You can find past shows we've done as well uh, of this and other shows we've done. We have shorts on there. Uh, we also have our Vimeo, vimeo.com slash Mink and Dish Productions, I believe. 
Yes. And that's where you're going to find another uh, avenue for finding the shorts that we've done. Um, and uh, don't forget, like and subscribe. You know, the subscription means yeah. something. But don't forget to hit the thumbs up to let us know you like it. And, you know, it helps us with the algorithms. It lets YouTube know, hey, you know, we're watching this shit. We want other people to watch this stuff. We want other people to know about it. You help us get out into the world. Because Everybody. can be. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, destroy some of that toxicity. Yeah. Here's the thing. You said everyone has a right. Everyone has a right to subscribe and enjoy. And, everyone has a right to enjoy. And we here at Men Can Dish will fight for your right to party. And always we will fight for your right to party. So until next time, everybody, I'll see you later. I'm Scott the Bot Savage along with Suede Wade. And we will have back. We lost him, Joe, reminding you, as always, to keep it clean. Keep it sweet. But most importantly, you got to keep it most, most excellent. excellent. Yeah.